When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it Mondays here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. Game week is inching closer as we uh, get ready to jump on the old bird and get to Minneapolis, Nebraska, Minnesota. We will be there Wednesday afternoon into Thursday into Friday uh, we'll see Mark Cranach's closest friend, Eddie Vetter, Saturday. But all things being equal, it is football and, of course, Nebraska Volleyball Day Wednesday. What a week to be a Nebraska fan. Numbers to get in, 489-1240, 489-1240. can dial us up toll-free across the state, 1-800-825-5865. As always, submit your comments in the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. can log on and watch the show that way and uh, give us your thoughts uh, on the stream. Also on Twitter, the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio and then KFOR Facebook and Twitter as well. Hour two, we will make it a black shirt Monday. Charlie McBride joins us, his reaction to uh, the black shirts handed out, just 11 of them. We've got the single-digit countdown finished. We'll know who's kicking the game winner, maybe, Thursday night, tomorrow from Coach Rule. But you had the coordinators speak just a little bit ago, and we'll get that turned around for you with uh, Mr. White. Yeah, science. Tony White will uh, have some thoughts on the black shirts and his defense. He's packing with him to Minnesota. Uh, Mr. Foley is excited about special teams and how that unit's progressed. Coach Satterfield, the offense to me, the question, not an issue, but a question mark just because of all the new. We'll cover it all and uh, get into Nebraska, Minnesota. Can email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. And uh, don't forget, Jay Moore also joins us at 525. Blackshirt Husker NFLer Jay Moore with Big Red Wrap-Up. Get his take on the upcoming game in Minnesota. Do you feel energized? You've got a good week in front of you. You've got Volleyball Day Wednesday at the stadium. You have Nebraska-Minnesota Thursday. And you, you have a, a long holiday weekend. And that's extra time should Nebraska pull this off. You've got games uh, that are going to be a, a part of this this week one. Some intriguing matchups. But Nebraska, Minnesota, Florida, Utah, those are the two prime times on Thursday night. And it is a doable experience for Nebraska. So let's get in 
and ask the question. Let me ask you this. How was the weekend first? It was Let's great. get this crap out of the way. How was the weekend? It was great. It was one of those weekends <laughs> that really to the table. You talk about energized. I feel great. Uh, I mean, you have Nebraska-Minnesota on Thursday. Volleyball day in Nebraska on Wednesday. Last night, I had the Black Keys concert How at Pinewood Bowl. That was a fantastic concert. They're, they're starting to age a little bit. I wanted to see them before they lost their ability to rock too much. Mm. Um, and they still got it. Uh, they were they were rocking my face off all night long, so I had some good seats and uh, got to enjoy that concert. I've wanted to see the Black Keys for years, so to have them at Pinewood Bowl, great facility, great spot, had a lot of fun. Got to see the air show on Saturday. Mm-hmm. The Blue Angels were freaking awesome. Yeah, um, went same. I went Sunday. Yeah, that was a fantastic experience. Doesn't get any better than that. Now you look ahead, as I laid out, volleyball day. The football game, we have a holiday weekend for everybody else. Schmidt and I, we'll be on the air next Monday. So yes. Spend your Labor Day with us. Is it Labor Day? Yeah. I always lose Memorials, track Memorials, May, Labor's, yeah. September. So spend your uh, your Labor Day with us. We'll be here rocking and rolling next Monday. It's it's officially football season, Schmidt. you got to see some football on TV on Saturday, too. And it just, you feel that energy. I, I feel great. I'm looking forward to it. So when you bump into Nebraska fans, and are, are you this Nebraska fan for 2023? Are you optimistic? And it, it's okay to say, well, get back to me about 11 o'clock during Real Red Reaction. Hmm. <laughs> and you might get back to us as we'll do our post game from the, the graduate in Minneapolis. And real quick, I want to send a virtual hug to some special people. And they're helping power the road shows this year and some of our home uh, stops as well. Our friends at Sauter Heyman, Rick, and the crew. God love you. Uh, same with uh, Seth and Gregor's at Lazari's. We love you guys for your support in the show for a lot of years. And uh, they're helping power the road shows, not only to Minneapolis, but also to Boulder. As uh, we uh, we get to stay in the country this year. There's quite a few uh, jokes with uh, with the uh, the Notre Dame game when, when the Irish went up by 14 on social media. If you were paying attention during the Notre Dame-Navy game, Navy's down 14. Time for the onside kick. Uh, Folks going off the top rope uh, on that one. But, hey, when we talk about optimism in 2023, you got to ask yourself, there's two scales you're staring at. Are they even? Is one scale way more than the other? Uh, Is it it out of balance? And you've got... One scale that is your optimism level, your hope, your thoughts, your best case scenarios, your belief as to why it will be different this year to the tune of a bowl season or better. There is, you can call it pessimism, you can call it being realistic, you can be it cautious, you can call it being cautious, your concern level, why it won't be different this year. And listen, I you, you can... You can still be deciding up until kickoff. You can even talk to me four games in before Michigan because a team's going to get better, theoretically, as the season progresses. And you've got that three-week window, game one through game three, and then you kind of are what you are as you continue to try and make your way through the season. And when, when we talk about optimism for Nebraska – if I'm if I'm going down my checklist as to why it'll be different, why it'll be better, and listen, I didn't say it was going to be better when you moved on from Bo to Riley. My my take was 
give the guy a chance, even though Bo is doing a good job. Whether you liked his personality or not, you you have felt the brunt of what not going bowling and at minimum nine wins looked like. I mean, you went the oppo of that, where you're winning three or four games a year. Uh, you go from Riley to Frost. Okay, this guy gets it. He's, air quote, one of us, and it just never materialized. And now you make another coaching change since 2014. This is your fourth coach, if we want to count Mickey in there, a fifth coach. And why will it be different? And I th- simply is because this guy in Matt Rule gets it. And when I, when I say he gets it, he gets the importance of preparation. Okay, I think that's what's been missing from Nebraska football for a while has been preparation. And, yeah, you've not been loaded with first-round talent. You've drifted off with your development on the offensive line especially. That kills you in an offense, whether you come in with a pass-happy philosophy or you want to run the football. It has killed Nebraska the last several years. They've not been able to 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 be consistent, let alone reload. If they do have a lineman or two that are good and the guy goes off to the NFL, it's it's not been a apple for apple replacement. So why will it be different is the attention to detail. Those are the little things that have cost Nebraska football so many games the last several years. And I can't guarantee you it's gonna be a a great first game for Nebraska. I don't think it'll be a great first game for Minnesota because they're replacing a lot as well. It's just going to be a slug slugfest. And I believe at face value and the words I'm hearing, you need to see it. But I believe what I'm being told that Nebraska will be ready to fight. Mm. They will be physical. And that is something that if you, if you pay attention to detail and you get the kids prepped, and you get them developed and you're ready, uh, the, the, the toughness part is real in the Big Ten. That's how you live or die, is do you make stupid mistakes, and are you optimistic because of what you're hearing from Rule, or are you wait and see? And if you're wait and see, there's a lot of folks slamming the brakes on because they went all in on Frosty. Or they thought, you know what, I'm ticked off that you got rid of Bo. And I'm not trying to revise history. I'm sorry if I'm wearing you out with that. But it's been a long process here for you, the Nebraska fan. And it could get better for you this season. Uh, why you're going to be concerned, why it won't be different, it's going to come down to turnovers and injury. And you're just, again, on one side of the football, maybe the offense you're just not as strong as your defense and your special teams. Presuming the special teams are better, I think they will be again because of attention to detail. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got a taskmaster as head coach, and his assistants are going to drill it like he wants it. He's hands-on with them. He's hands-on with the players. That will be different. That will be a difference maker for you on Saturdays. I think as to why... If I'm right in believing that it's okay to be optimistic in 2023, 
will be different for Nebraska. We've got Dave on the line here. Dave, just hold on for a second while I get my two cents in here, because I'm going to just zoom out slightly from what you're saying, Schmitty, and, and provide a little more context, because I'm with you here. The reason for optimism is what we heard from that anonymous Big Ten assistant coach last year calling Nebraska the all-bus team. And it sounds the, the counterintuitive. Off, the all-off-the-bus team? It sounds counterintuitive, but if you believe him, it becomes an issue of preparation, not an issue of talent. And that's what we've we've discussed a lot over the past say, nine months on this show. Have the issues of the past couple of years been because of coaching and preparation, or has it been because you don't have the right dudes on the field to go carry out a game plan and, and execute what you want to execute? It's been a little bit of both. So, And a reason for optimism is that, hey, other coaches in the Big Ten think Nebraska has dudes whenever they walk off the bus. It's just when they get on the football field, they're not. The reason for pessimism, then, is that, you know what, the errors in recruiting, all the attrition you've had over the past couple of seasons... You don't have enough depth. And yeah, you might have a couple of dudes that look real menacing when they walk off the bus, but they haven't been able to put it together because they're not the football player that you thought they were whenever you brought them in. That's a reason for pessimism because it's still a lot of the same guys that are going still out gotta there. Still got to go do it, baby. But if you believe that there is talent within this football program, Matt Rule's a guy, I don't think it's lip service whenever he talks about the preparation and you see the look in documentaries. He's going to have these guys, as you said, ready to fight and ready to go. I think they're going to be properly prepared and I think they're going to have a proper game plan for Thursday night to go out and win. The question is, and and where you're at right now on the optimism and pessimism is, does Nebraska have the dudes on the field that can go out and execute that game plan? Because if they do, if you're able to take the guys that you have and put them in a system that allows them to bring their their strengths to the forefront, and has properly prepared them for that game. I think Nebraska, from a recruiting rankings point of view and the type of athletes they have, should at least be able to square up and go toe-to-toe with Minnesota. And then it comes down to how well you're able to, to change that mindset of fourth quarter and close games. And, and as you kind of laid out, are you able to avoid the turnovers? Are you just able to go out and execute? That's going to be the real question if Nebraska dove, does have the dudes that you think they do. Here, here's the other thing. Dave, you're coming up in two seconds. I believe Rule has drilled down to figure out what his offense, his defense, and his special teams are good at. I think he's drilled them into what he wants them to be good at because this is what he believes going into a first year of the Big Ten. And he said, it, i got to figure out how to win, how to win here. But as he's looked at it, I think he's taken the time to say, here are our strengths and here's how those strengths can apply to in-game situations, and let's put a plan together that highlights those strengths. Here's what our kids do well, and let's take it on the road to Minnesota and beyond, and then we'll reassess if Minnesota wins 31-17. We'll have our score predictions. Dave, you've been patient. Thanks for calling. Welcome into Hale Varsity. Go ahead. Yeah, you. I'm optimistic, and you brought up the uh, onside kick. Think about how far we have. Doesn't that feel like that was like a million years ago? It really does to me. And let's face it, uh, and I don't want to say anything bad about Scott Frost because I know there's still Scott Frost people out there for some god-awful reason. I don't know. But let's face it. We have been outcoached during that tenure. And now we have a coach that believes in development, preparation, game planning, and I'm, I'm optimistic. Let's just put it that way. I'm optimistic, guys. Dave, totally uh, well thought out. Appreciate the phone call. Appreciate your input. And, yeah, I mean, those things matter in the Big Ten. Those things matter when you have three defenses that were 
in the top 15 in scoring defense. Minnesota was one of them. Now, it's not the same team, just five starters return, just three in their front seven back. But it's still not going to be an easy task. But you're going to try and, and match punches. Not out athlete. Who's with us? Uh, we got Chris. He said he wants to hang on uh, and give himself some full time. Yes, because Chris, Chris knows the break better than you and I do. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, we'll get to you. Line open if you want to join. 489-1240-800-825-5865. can jump in the stream as well. Hail Varsity YouTube channel. And also the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. But uh, where are you at on the scale of pigskin for 2023? Are you optimistic? It will be different in 2023 when you watch your Nebraska football team. Or are you concerned because it is a year one? There's a lot of new. And damn it, I've been fooled before. There's a lot of hesitation. That's all right. We'll continue the discussion. Some thoughts from Coach White. Some thoughts from PJ Fleck this hour. Tale Varsity presented by Currency. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tim Bob saying what's up. Good to see you, cowboy. He said, be careful going to Minnesota. He wants a Juicy Lucy brought back. You've had a Juicy Lucy? The burger with the, the bur- cheese on in the inside? Yes. Yeah, I've made them at home. Fantastic. Uh-huh. Fan- they're, they're hard to get right. You're better to get them at Dinkyville. Because the, the you have to get the right seal so you don't start losing cheese from the inside. <laughs> That's the tough part. It takes That's a little always dedication. the key. Don't lose cheese from the inside. But if you do it right, ooh, it's hard to get a better burger. The topic of optimism versus... Pessimism for year one in Nebraska. That's our talking point to get in. Can join the YouTube uh, show, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel, Hale Varsity Radio, Twitter at H Varsity Radio, or call up 489-1240. Chris, you've been hanging on. Thanks for your patience. Go ahead. Hey, guys. What's so up, man? my optimism starts at the top, right? I, it feels The reason why it feels different than it is in the past, it feels good for the right, the right reason. Um, we just, and, and I'm part of this group, right? We we, when Scott came, it felt right because he was one of our own and, you know, he was coming off a, a really fantastic year, but it feels right now and it feels different now because we've got a freaking leader of young men leading our program. And the, the impact that I think that he's made in, in some of the guys, we had some talent, right? We may not be the deepest team in the conference, um, but, you know, if we you know, are 22 starters and we have 30, you know, we got 30 people on our team that, are, that, that can ring the bell. Um, they're going to get the most out of those. I think that's what he's done. Him, Matt, Coach Rule, and his staff have created the buy-in amongst these guys. And, I mean, I think that's going to be the most impactful thing that we see this year is not that we didn't necessarily compete in the past, but 
um, he's taught them, you know, like you're going to, you are going to go through some hard times and you, we're going to get you to buy in and all this is going to pay off. And I, I truly believe it is going to pay off for us, you know, immediately. We're going to see some immediate impact on the field positively. So it, it comes, you know, it, it comes down to, to the old, Ted Lasso believe, right? At some point, you just kind of quit believing as a fan or maybe even as a player because it never broke right for you or it didn't break right enough times. But you flip it around, there's been a, a conscious effort because that is Matt Rule's style to get to know you, the, 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 the player, and figure out your strengths and really drill down. And then let's let's work on the fundamentals that sounds boring but it's true let's let's work on being disciplined let's work on depth but you hit on it chris it was let's maximize some talent through development because a lot of guys could come in the front door and did that had a certain level of talent but part of that is and coaches have said this for years if i get a guy that's really good my job's not to screw him up and I'm not saying there was a lot of screwing up going on, but how much did you did you see guys get better? And from a coaching standpoint, a previous caller Dave said something that that happens a lot in the Big Ten. You get out coached. We didn't the, really see the development, and and I think that's we're going to see that now. I, I truly believe that. So um, I'm I, I couldn't be happier to to have landed Coach Rule. Um, I you know he, he's going to bring some wins. Know, to the program, and I, I think that's. I was having this conversation with somebody just the other day. Like, how good is it just going to feel to get back to a nine-win season? Right? I mean, how long we've we've been kicked in the gonads for for so many years? Um, but uh, nine nine wins is going to feel like a you know a championship season for us. So. Chris, before we get you out of here, I need to put you on the spot. Do you have a score prediction for Thursday night? Um. Yeah. You know what? So here's the thing, guys. I've actually got us losing to Minnesota, but still get, still hitting eight wins for That's the fine. year. That's so all right. My my score prediction: twenty seven, twenty four Gophers. Okay. That's a cover. Uh, yeah, it's a <laughs> cover. Great that's, what cover. that's what I'm taking. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Chris, appreciate the call. Thanks. Four eight nine, twelve forty or eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Reasons for optimism for the season. It is here, and I think there's a lot of Nebraska fans that are realistic enough to say this is a tough ask because of who it is because of where it's at it's a sold out gold out and i think there'll be a lot of red up there as well once you get done with volleyball day you'll make the roadie to minnesota uh Bredin chimes in happy game week fellas matt says i think if nebraska could pull off a win at minnesota that catapults the record from a six and six to a nine and three that that's possible to get over the you know, barely the minimum standard of let's get to six and get a bowl game for Nebraska. I think I think that's a lot of minimum, you know, minimum requirement for for twenty twenty three. Get to the get to a bowl game and see where it lands. And it, if if you do win this first game, God, that's a shot in the arm. That is the momentum that has been talked about for years around this football program about needing to garner some momentum can you can you get some momentum going and they can still god this sounds like i'm giving a little bit of sunshine sounds like i'm giving a little bit of silver lining uh but the uh, 
they can they can they can lose Thursday, and and still grow from it. Oh yeah, that that sounds like a weak cop out because you go play to win the game," said a former Arizona State coach. But you can still you can still benefit. Uh, there's a lot of first year head coaches that that dropped their first game. Harbaugh didn't. Case in point, Harbaugh didn't beat Utah in year one. They went out to Utah for a tough road game. Didn't end well for Michigan. They got better, and I think they were a 10-win football team his first season. Yeah, and, and whenever I think about year one, it's a, it's a tough conundrum, kind of as I laid out in the first segment of just how much, and it's going to be unknown until we see the product on the field, but how much does improved coaching and maybe not improved, but coaching in a way that fits Nebraska and fits the big 10 it emphasizes development. How much can get done in one off season? That's the question to me. Cause I think Nebraska brought talent into this football program. I think there's athletes on this football team that allow you to stack up with, with teams that are in the top half of the big 10. That's that's how much talent has been brought in. The question to me is how much are you able to develop that talent in one off season? Because Minnesota, they're in a, a similar boat in terms of the amount of, uh, question marks that their team faces mm-hmm. right now, but their question marks are more in the case of how much has this offensive lineman who's got to sit for three years now, how much development did he do? Is he going to be ready for Saturdays? Whereas Nebraska's question is, is can guys that have been playing for two or three years, can they take that next step? Cause they haven't quite shown development. It's different types of question marks between Nebraska and Minnesota. And I think that's why a lot of people are forecasting a really close game because they believe in in the development that Matt Rule is able to bring to this Husker football program, and they believe in the the program that is Minnesota. The amount of development they get done every single season, it just becomes that toss up question of 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 does the the experience that Nebraska has gained over the past couple of years doesn't mean anything whenever you, you look at the coaching change and you look at how much development still needs to be done with these guys because they've had dudes and they have guys in the field that were highly touted recruits and are, are very exceptional athletes even compared to other schools in the Big Ten. But how much better did they get because they didn't get much better during their first few years in, in the program? Well, how much work did they get is the question. And how much work did they get? How much better did they get? And when when their number was called... Did they perform? Did they lack confidence? I mean, there, there's a whole multiple choice of issues. Oh, yeah. Or the other question becomes, was it just attrition and recruiting misses that have put you in the place you are now? Because if that's the case, then it's going to be a couple of years for this rebuild to, to finally reach its fruition. I personally don't believe, and maybe I'll be proven wrong on Thursday, but I personally don't believe that the lack of success in the field is attributed to the fact that everyone that you're seeing on the field, man, they were recruiting miss. They didn't pan out how we wanted them to, or we lost guys through the, the transfer portal and attrition, and we, we weren't able to field a successful team because of that. I don't believe that to be the case. I think that's part of the issue we've seen here at Nebraska within the past couple of seasons, but I think the grander issue is the fact that the talent that you do have wasn't able to be developed in the proper way, and it's a, the giant question mark heading into Thursday is how much did one session of spring football and one fall camp, how much development did that instill within the guys that are going to be playing in the game on Thursday night? Here's your hope. Your hope that whatever seasoning they got under previous staffs, coupled with a spring, summer, and fall camp from rule, is enough to be a different and better football player specifically on the lines of scrimmage Mm. for Thursday night and beyond. Nebraska routinely, the only teams they finished behind when it came to recruiting, typically Ohio State, 
Michigan, Penn State. They always won the West when it came to recruiting rankings. Yet, you you look at some of the classes that Illinois had in the 50s. Some of the classes Minnesota landed. I think maybe their best, them in Wisconsin, were upper 30s, mid-30s maybe. Wisconsin may once in a while dip into the high 20s. Northwestern, always outside that top 50. Purdue knew what they were, kind of mid-40s recruiting. You can come fact-check me. I mean, I'm not exactly a 1,000%, but that's the range. Nebraska was always 30 or better Mm. uh, the last several years in recruiting. Let's hear a little bit from P.J. Fleck before we get to Coach White. And one thing that is going to be key for Thursday night, and we'll talk to Charlie McBride about this, is the black shirts uh, 11 handed out. We'll get there in a moment. But uh, when we talk about the the Gophers and what they're prepping for, Coach Fleck in his press conference touched on trying to figure out Nebraska's 3-3-5. It creates a lot of issues. Uh, you know, we were just up there as an offensive staff talking and, and uh, you know, what they do in the three-three-five. it creates a lot of issues because you can be in a three-down front uh, before the snap and a five-down front when the ball snapped, right? Uh, you can do that with double barrel. You can create uh, all types of fronts, four-down fronts, five-down fronts. Um, you can blitz to it to get to a certain front. You can stunt to get to a certain front. You can create angles constantly. So it's a, it's a very complex defense, and without any game film to know exactly how they're going to run it, again, that's what it means by preparing for ghosts. Uh, we have a sense, and there's so many ways you can do that, uh, but there's a lot of ways you can do that. Now, which ones are they going to use? How often are they going to use it? What are the tendencies? You can go back to different places that coordinators have been or head coaches have been, but it's still not 100% accurate. Um, you know, if I was a, I came from the, being a wide receiver coach at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then we came to Western Michigan as a head coach. And if you would have studied the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, you would have been completely wrong, right? Now we didn't win many games anyway that day, that year, so it really didn't matter what you studied. Uh, but that's my point. Sometimes people change wholeheartedly and, and philosophically as you keep going through. But they're they're very talented. They're big. They're strong. A lot of guys have played a lot of years for them. They're a very experienced team. And then they've added a lot of players from the transfer portal that have played a lot of football elsewhere. They present a lot of challenges. And like I said, I, you, you know that I have a ton of respect for Matt and, and what he's been able to accomplish in his career. And, and he always gets the most out of his team no matter what year it is. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. 25 minutes away, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, his reaction to the Blackshirts handed out, his thoughts on Nebraska, Minnesota. Jay Moore, the Blackshirt Hour, part of that in Hour 2. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, give the show a follow as well at HVarsity Radio. On Twitter, can watch and participate on the stream, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Let's hear from Coach Tony White, Mr. White, yes, science. And uh, we get into deciding to award the black shirts. Here's Mr. White. It was simple, you know, Coach Rule. I mean, every, everybody forgets Coach Rule has, has earned the right and opportunity to, to, to do it that way, you know, any which way he wants. And so went in there and we talked about it. And, and he said, how does this look? And I said, that looks cool. Let's do it. So quick, easy, simple. 
not easy, quick, or simple to earn said black shirt. But, Elijah, some names that you expected, some names that are missing in action with the the black shirts. Uh, Of course, you've got uh, Ty Robinson, Nash Hutmacher. I'll say his name correctly and appropriately from the Weekend Editions show. Blaze Gunderson, Reimer, uh, Chief Borders there, Newsom, Giff, Omar Brown, Singleton, and, and Hartsock. Those are your, your black shirts. Notable names missing? MJ Sherman. Yes. A guy a lot of people penciled in as a starter. Looks like he's not going to be getting the first snap. And we actually had uh, a, co- a quote from Coach White uh, about the, the jump that Blaze Gunnerson mm-hmm. uh, has made and, uh, as well as uh, Chief Borders, uh, those two guys. Um, so it appears Borders is going to be the starting Jack linebacker. And then you also see that Nick Henrich, not mm-hmm. awarded a black shirt after coming in number one in the depth chart. So you wonder about maybe health as you, you look ahead. It's, it's 11 guys. It's the 11 guys who are going to be the starters. And with Henrich being listed as a starter last week and now not getting a black shirt, you wonder why that has changed. Mm-hmm. And I think the first place your mind goes is you wonder if he's had some sort of setback with his knee or if it's not quite feeling right. And I don't have any inside information here. I'm just trying to rack my brain for why he would be listed as a starter and then why Give me a reason one why. guys. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it just naturally kind of comes a week out. P.J. Fleck, he didn't disclose his injuries ahead of the Nebraska game. You wonder if Henrich is in another case there where the injury or some sort of injury is not being disclosed there, but that's why he's not getting a black shirt because he's not going to be in action on Thursday. Well, and listen, you've heard uh, about Dwight Boodle making a jump. So there's there's fringeability there. Tommy Hills also made a jump. There's fringeability there. Uh, Javen Wright has really had a, a good camp, it sounds like. There's been a ton of love and deservedly so for 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 john bullock that's going to see some time and then you just wonder with cam lenhart he'll see a lot of snaps buckley also uh, as part of that line shift with nash you know what's going to be fun is to see ty robinson lined up at defensive end not that he won't be asked to anchor the middle but that's really going to be nash's area to patrol where you, you don't have Ty necessarily always in that A-gap. And let's see if he can get after the quarterback and also for sure set the edge. And those three defensive linemen that got their black shirt, Tutmacher, Ty Robinson, and Blaze Gunnerson. those are the three guys that you need to, to set the tone of what your physicality is going to be mm-hmm. from a defense because they're the ones that are going to be taking on the point of attack every and they're, single they're, they're monsters. When you see the, the social media pick of all three, I mean, Robinson... Well, Nash I, and then Gunner, I mean, Gunnerson's a mountain. Well, they, I think they, maybe it's not strategic, but I, I laughed whenever it's Blaze Gunnerson next to Malcolm Hartzog. I wonder if it's strategic <laughs> to put to put the smallest guy on defense, Hartzog, right next to Blaze Gunnerson because he looks even bigger in that picture with uh, with Ma- Malcolm standing right next to him. Let's get in uh, to some of the criteria. What does it take to get said black shirt? Yeah, it was just the uh, what we thought the eleven that we are anticipating going out there and starting. Um, you know, didn't want to try to give out more or less. Just say the 11 guys we anticipate starting is hanging up in those those guys' locker and uh, kind of go from there. So we get into the response of guys getting black shirts. And this, I remember the, the video of, of Garrett Nelson mm. when he got his black shirt at his locker. And there was a lot of positive feedback with that. You've heard stories of, Remember Ray Maker coming on the show a hundred years ago, talking about 
going into the bathroom stall and just the like the toughest, hardened, baddest dude on the line of those McBride early nineties lines, him and Perella, where Raymaker's like, dude, I went to the bathroom stall and just cried. Because it meant that much. And it does to those guys. You can only imagine Black Shirt Jay Moore with us here in about an hour. But the response, uh, here's Coach White. Yeah, they were, you could tell who they were because when they came out there, they were extra smile. I don't know if it was Black Shirt or the single digi, you know what I mean? Because it kind of went hand in hand. But um, they were they were excited. You know, and it's cool when you ask the, the young men about it, the first time they ever got one and they're able to r- rattle it off like that. So it it's it means something to them. And uh, it was exciting to watch those guys yesterday walk into the walk into the indoor and then see it on them and have a smile on their face because I, I know they know what it means. So that, in a nutshell, is the black shirt discussion. Coach McBride's comments. Last thought here, and, and Bo did this after the Texas game in 2003, Vince Young uh, made it a long day for Nebraska's defense that day, but the black shirts give a thin can be taken away. No, that's a that's a week to week deal. You know, I mean, you want to make it special. You want to keep guys competitive. You want to make sure that they understand, like, hey, this is something just like all of us, right? It's one and zero. You know, win the rep right now. Let's let's concentrate on the day and represent what that's supposed to represent as of right now, and then we'll move forward with it. So. I'm interested to talk to Charlie if he ever had to <clears throat> confiscate them. Because <laughs> I, you know, he was pretty adamant last week about not using them as a punishment. Mm-hmm. So there's been enough consultation here uh, with wanting to, to get it and try and do it the right way. So we'll see where uh, it, it goes from here. But, uh, I, you know, if I'm MJ Sherman, if I'm Tommy Hill, if I'm Sanford, if I'm Boodle, I mean, it sounds like those guys have all had really good camps, so they got to be on that borderline. Well, the question's going to be, I mean, it seems pretty clear from Coach White and Coach Rule, hey, you got to be one of the 11 starters. If you're going to be one of the 11 starters, you can get your black shirt, but you got to go earn that starting role. And White also opened it up a little bit to, to guys that are getting a lot of play time but aren't technically one of the first 11 if you're used mm-hmm. in a package commonly. Uh, that gets opened as well. But, I mean, I think of a guy like Nick Henrich who's had his black shirt before. And we don't know the reason why he did not get a black shirt today. Maybe it's as simple as he's just going to be a backup this year because coming back from a knee injury, it's hard to play with Husker speed. Maybe that's Fair. the reason why. And uh, and John Bullock's just going to earn that starting role. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain for why a guy like that didn't get it. And we heard a lot of positive reports coming from uh, MJ Sherman in spring football and, and fall camp as well. I think he's a guy that was penciled in as a starter. And clearly now when we see the black shirt, he's going to be. Here are two reasons why you don't have one if you're a guy that we have heard enough about that you think you should have one. One is consistency. Two is availability. Mm. That's it. Right. If we're going, well, so-and-so didn't get his black shirt, was he always available because of injury? And two, is there consistency? Is he guy that makes a great play and then, up oh, your job was to do X or Y, and you busted and running back just hit his head well, on the goalpost. Is he the same guy in a Saturday scrimmage that he is in a Tuesday morning practice? Amen. Consistency key. We'll wind down hour one with Hale Varsity. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour. Don't forget the podcast available for you: Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. 
It's where you can download the show, the segment you like, or the entire show. The Hale Varsity YouTube channel as well can watch the show that way. Replay and current live streaming also up with the Hale Varsity Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Get to your calls in a moment. Reminder to get you buckled up using your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Who do we have on the horn? We have Pete. Pete, go for it. Go ahead. How you doing this evening? Good, Pete. Thanks for the call. Say, I'm I'm kind of optimistic. I am optimistic. I just don't know how soon it's going to, you know, progress. It might take a little time, but I really do think uh, huddling up on offense and and giving the defense more rest uh, in the first half, especially. Uh, is really going to make a difference in the second half on defense. Last year we got burned a lot because the defense got too tired. I think that'll help. I really think Matt Rule listens to Tom Osborne. He's kind of changed his practice to a lot of what Tom was doing, and I think that'll pay dividends. It may take a little while, but but if we can run the ball, we'll make a huge difference this year too. Amen. Run the football, stop the run, control the clock. Pete, thanks for the phone call. All things that are a little different. Vince chimes in GBR. <laughs> uh, as uh, we are almost here for the season. The talking point has been this, to, to get things kicked off from a topic standpoint, is are you optimistic? As you look at the old football scales, you have optimism and pessimism. And the scales are, I'm going to say they're balanced right now. You have the optimism, very heavy, very full. Excitement's there. That's good. You have the, well, let's just see how they look. Let's hold on. We've been burned before. That narrative exists as well, and that's okay. And you can't knee-jerk off of one game unless they look awful. I don't think they're going to look awful. Will they look midseason form? No. But are they going to be fast and physical? Is there going to be a plan? Is there going to be an identity? And honestly, Elijah, is there going to be uh, an advantage? Is there an advantage Nebraska is supposed to have on recruiting paper? They are. Is there an advantage Nebraska's got athletically with with a guy like Sims, with a guy like Kemp? Is there an advantage Nebraska's going to have with a lot of four-star, three and a, high three-star, four-star offensive linemen that have been together a while now, under year two with Coach Raiola. It's going to be big. And we're not going to have enough time for this cut before the end of the segment, but P.J. Fleck in his pregame press conference on Friday, like I think people forget that Minnesota is going to be far from a finished product on Thursday night too because people talk about how long P.J. has been there. Well, they're further ahead in the process. There's a lot of turnover on that roster. Mm-hmm. They, they lost more COVID seniors than anyone else in the country last year. A lot of six-year guys. A lot of six-year guys moving on. So you have a lot of question marks on that team and inexperience in the Big Ten. He kind of talked about the fact that he's not going to know if he needs to be worried about that inexperience up until Thursday. It's, it's a question of how do we perform on Thursday night. That's going to determine what our ceiling is going to be because I don't know how far along these guys are. I think both teams will be ready to succeed in the Big Ten. Who's ready for the opener? Who's ready to get that first win in the West Chase? And uh, right now Vegas says Minnesota seven and a half. More to discuss. Hour two, the Black Shirt Hour. Mr. Black Shirt himself, Charlie McBride, next. 
The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back with you, it's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, as will effort coach McBride, as we'll run Charlie down here on Monday with Charlie. Jay Moore coming up here in about 20 minutes as well. Our black shirt hour as Nebraska, Minnesota is here. And uh, excited to talk with Coach McBride in a little bit. 489 489 1240 numbers to get in can email the show chris at hailvarsity.com and interesting uh, email uh, from uh, kent as uh, kent emailed in we thought uh, scott frost would uh, talk and visit with to get ideas try to morph this magic ducky offense with ball control uh, Satterfield uh, had Radler throw the ball 400 times in 12 games. We shall see. So, hey, fair point about Rattler in the South Carolina offense. Uh, you don't have a, a quarterback that you're going to ask, I, I pray, to throw 400 times. So you're obviously not trailing. You've got uh, the ability to, to, to run the football and, and have that power emphasis. Who do we got? Charlie McBride. Well, Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt, a Monday with Charlie as we say hi to Coach. Coach, it's game week. It's almost time. How are we doing? Oh, I'm getting ready. <laughs> so are, are you going to – I hope I'm not asleep by the time the game starts. <laughs> well, we that, that's, that makes two of us, so we, we hope you're up. And So are, are you going to throw wings on the uh, the grill? How, yeah. how are you going to do, uh, do game I'm night? I'm do that. And that's how you do it. You put wings on, and uh, I don't drink beer anymore, so I drink some wine. Okay. But uh, I probably I probably won't drink wine with my wings. I'll probably drink drink some some kind of soda. I don't know. Whatever that, they put in front of me. Hey, that works. That works. So we'll get into your thoughts on on the game. In just a minute, Charlie McBride with us on Monday with Charlie. But wanted to get your reaction to uh, to Coach White and and Nebraska as they uh, they unveiled the black shirts, Coach, and they handed out uh, just eleven of them on Sunday. Uh huh. Well, that, that's that's good. I mean, it's uh, I'm glad they did it because you know. As, as you remember, Mickey just dropped black shirts completely, you know, mm-hmm. when he was there. So I thought maybe that was going to be the end of it, you know, uh, and uh, they weren't going to do that anymore. But uh, I, I think that, you know, it's it, if people understand, it's, you know, when the coaches come in here, they, it's, they just have black jerseys on at practice or they have black whatever they're wearing, you mm-hmm. know, pullovers or I don't know what they do, but, you know, it's not that financially, it's not that big a problem to, to, to do it. And um, how you, how you manage it is, is, you know, is to them. I mean, it's, uh, 
you know, for example, if they uh, seem to have enough uh, on the back end where they don't have to do a lot of substituting in passing down. Um, so that that's that's a that's a plus, uh, you know, as far as that because in the black shirt business you might have to give a black shirt to a guy who's your nickel back or your mm-hmm. dime back or somebody starting like that. But if you keep it at eleven, guys will really try to work. You know, the 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 point of the whole thing is to make people work harder to earn one or beat somebody out because if you. If you play in the same as the guy in front of you, you're never going to get in front of him, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so you got to really play well, and and sometimes injuries take over and make changes and so on and so forth. But is a it's a it's a thing that I uh, you know that when like I said a long time ago is when you hear young kids in there say someday I want to be a black shirt, you know that it's gotten into the blood of some of these younger kids and. And that, you know, that, that means a lot because you know they want to play football then. And uh, so it's, you know, it's been a great thing. I think when, when Bob started it, you know, I mean, I don't know that he knew he was going to get get into it this far. But, uh, you know, it's it's known all over the country. And we have a lot of high schools. I mean, if you go around that have named their, their defense the black shirts. So it's, you know, it's it's caught on and and we did a good job of uh, the school did uh, promoting it you know as time went on and now it's even become more lucrative for a lot of people in the commercial industry where they're selling stuff and doing things like that because when i was there i remember they asked me if i'd do a hat and i said what are you talking about they said we'll just sign your name on a hat so they, I think, uh, I don't remember who we were with at the time, but I have my name on a real small print on the, her letters on the side of the hat. And, you know, then they made some scarves and they had some all kinds of, uh, of things. They went with T-shirts and, of course, hats. There's a lot of different kinds of hats now and so it's, We got to bring a, know, We got to bring back a, a hard hat, the McBride hard hat. That's <laughs> hard, right? <laughs> Construction that would be good. I think I, I I think they might have I might have seen one, and you know that did. You know, a lot of kids just put the decals on hats and do it on their own. Well, you need you hard know. hats in Boulder in a couple weeks, right? So. Uh, <laughs> avoid the flying debris. Charlie McBride's with us, Sale Varsity Radio, Coach. I, we were talking about this in hour one. And if you look at the uh, the old scales of uh, justice, but in this case, the scales of pigskin, optimism or pessimism or being cautious about this 2023 season. Coach, what are you optimistic about? Why will Nebraska be better this year? I think they'll be disciplined, way much better, more disciplined. I think uh, through, the, through the core of it, not you know, and um, – because more kids are getting work at practice, more kids are involved than they have been in the last few years, and uh, you know it's it's more it, practice is not easy, and it's been for everybody. And um, I think they're they're teaching the younger kids in a better manner than they did before. I know when I went to practice, uh, all the way through from 
day one that they had new coaches that there were kids standing around doing nothing. And now they, they're working those kids and that's, that's really important. I mean, I, 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 I would say that, you know, when people ask me, you know, what do you do? Well, I coached for depth. Mm-hmm. In other words, that means you, you give your kids, your younger kids is almost as much time in practice in, in the individual drills because the point is they're going to go play against, in scout team, they're going to go play against the best they'll see. And use your techniques there. Learn to use them during those periods and improve yourself. Mm-hmm. And so we were getting practice with the younger guys all the time. And um, when we had our Wednesday practice, our scrimmages, we would have threes against threes over in another. We had two fields out in the back. You know, we had one on the one field, threes and threes, and then ones and twos would be against each other and so on and so forth. But um, it was, you know, they got a lot of work. And uh, it really helped us. It's Charlie McBride with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, uh, talking week one, Nebraska, Minnesota, the black shirts, and a whole lot more as the black shirt hour rolls forward. And Charlie, I I want you to look at the task ahead of this team on Thursday night. Obviously, the discipline is going to be important whenever you go into a tough road environment. It's a a sellout, a gold out in Minneapolis on Thursday night. And and tell me what type of emotions are going to be flowing through this team as they go deal with that. Because discipline comes down to kind of, I don't want to say putting those emotions in the back, but not letting them get the best of you whenever you go play that game. So what type of emotions are going to be there for a a first-year coaching staff and a team that has rejuvenated hope for a season? Well, you, the one thing is, is that you just hope that players uh, are are able to play at their full speed because of their knowledge of what really what the defense is at this point. That's the biggest thing. And as you know, uh, I think they have their defensive coordinator back, so they have the same defense. And like I said in the uh, one of the shows, I, I heard that. Um, their defensive coordinator and their players were uh, getting ready from day one for Nebraska, mm-hmm. and and like I said, our guys were trying to learn <laughs> learn the defense and do all these things, and you know, so they're they're in that in that realm, they're behind. Uh, that's that's kind of the it's not who's the better team, it who's plays better. Mm-hmm. Usually, when that first game, you know, a, a lot of times, and and so. I don't. I think the most important thing that you know, and you hate to say it. I mean, a lot of guys want to say, "Well, you got to play and win right away." Well, yeah, that's that's the goal is <laughs> to win. But it's also you have to prepare these kids so that the next game they're not down in the tank and start off, you know, in, in a negative way, but play hard and do the things that you expect them to do. And I go back to the same thing that Tom said way, way back. You know, we don't have to win this game, but we, what we do have to do is play every play as hard as we can, and the score will take care of itself. And basically, if you get beat, you got beat by a better team, and you got nothing to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. And you know, there, there's, there's a lot of, uh, of focus going to be on. The, uh, with our guys that are, are doing the right thing, I think, more so than anything. And um, 
so that'll be you know we're not we're we're not up to speed you know as far as knowledge of our 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 defense and our offenses they are of course they're running the same stuff and they're they've done it over and over and over again and they have the same uh, defensive coordinator they have new offensive coordinators now so they're probably going to be some new wrinkles and I'd guess when you have a, t- uh, a group like uh, of um, uh, three you know when you're playing with just three down linemen and, you, and your back end you're playing with the rest of the people they're all going to have to adjust the shifts and motions and things like that and those are the things you you want you know you worry a little bit about in some cases because they, um, uh, you know, sometimes you get messed up and you, you know, with that kind of thing, you know, and mm-hmm. if you're playing a count defense, it's not so bad, meaning that you, you're using, you're, it's a man-to-man deal where you're, you know, if you have the third receiver, or the second one or the first one or the back out of the backfield, it's pretty easy to figure that out. But when you play in a zone defense, sometimes it can get confused. Yeah. Coach, couple of minutes here. Uh, let's get a, a kind of a prediction. I don't need a score, but tell me how Nebraska can win this thing Thursday night. Well, they're going to get some points, I think. And I think the big thing's going to come down on how hard the kids play on defense. They, they, have, they have a group of kids that can win now. And, I mean, uh, so it's not like they don't have anybody. <laughs> you know, it's going to be, it, it's going to be a war. And I think the players are uh, mentally, I think, just from, you know, from what I can hear from other people that have been around it, you know, that, uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna be, you know, ready to play. And uh, I think Coach has done a good job with them, and I think that they don't want to let him down. And, they, you know, there's been enough talk about, you know, a new coach's staff and knew this and losing last year. I think they they have some some things to do, and I think they they they've talked about the negatives and they want to correct them. Well, we're excited to uh, to see how things shake out. We'll be on the road, of course, at the graduate in Minneapolis, right across from uh, the Gopher Stadium, uh, starting Wednesday through Friday. With the uh, the road show, the full experience, as uh, we are set for Game One of the Matt Rule area era, Charlie McBride with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Coach, do you think this thing's high scoring? Real quick, about a minute, uh, high scoring, low scoring. Uh, what what do you see being well, the key? I think it's going to be kind of in the mid, in the mid range. I think it's going to be in the twenties, and you know, teens and twenties maybe, mm-hmm. but. You know, you never know when you get a game if somebody somebody blows up and uh, you know and finds a, a way to to do things. We've got we've got speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got better, you know, some better speed. And you know, the tight end position is is really important. So we have some kids that can run and catch there. And we haven't been a big tight end team, as you know, in the past. And that's going to make them nervous. <laughs> and so. Uh, you know, it could it could blow wide open. You never know. But that's what you're hoping for. You're hoping that they come in and all of a sudden these guys think they're just going to roll their hats on the field and that instead you just take them and stone them to death. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's usually what happens is guys 
and and people are that way. You know, hey, these guys don't. They are. They, they don't. We're way ahead of them, and mm. we've heard all this good stuff about how good we are and this and that. And sometimes they lose their edge, and it's all over. Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie. Coach, you enjoy those wings. We'll check in with you. Uh, and uh, appreciate your time as always. Okay, good. Good to be with you. Good. Go Big Red, right? And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Charlie McBride, a Monday with Charlie, Mr. Blackshirt. That uh, full interview posted on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. You could also check the video out, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. So the bad news is no Jay Moore today. The good news, he is qualifying for golf down in Kansas City. Jay has been on the verge of having someone carry his golf clubs for a while. So good for him, uh, which means Thursday he will be uh, roped in to an appearance right before kickoff, Nebraska v. Minnesota. Again, we are on the road in Minneapolis at the graduate Wednesday afternoon through Friday morning, and uh, that's powered by your friends at Lazari's, powered by your friends at Sauter Heyman. Big thanks to those guys for getting us on the road this football season is uh, we will make road tour stops in Minneapolis, in Boulder, and in East Lansing. 489-1240, 489-1240, numbers to get in. So open phones the rest of the hour. can pick up the optimism or pessimism where you're at as a Nebraska fan. Are you cautiously optimistic, or are you just flat-out optimistic with the program? As uh, the motivational speaker, Coach Ed Foley, was asked about where are you going to be are you going to be at volleyball day? The answer's no. They got to fly out Wednesday afternoon. But Coach Foley, this was beautiful. I wish I was going to be there, but can't be in two places at once. And we got a job to do. We got to go to Minnesota and rock and roll. <laughs> got to go to Minnesota. Got a job to do. Got to rock and roll. So, uh, interesting comment here by Brett and our friend from the uh, Black Hills. And he's like, what, what uh, past Frost era player would you love to see under rule? Jojo Doman is absolutely a name. You uh, scream yes. Because I think you got a lot of Jojo Doman types on the field in that back eight. Fair to say? Yeah, I think Jojo Doman would be an interesting one with how well he'd probably fit into that Jack linebacker mm-hmm. spot. I mean, he's a guy that loved blitzing. Was great at it. I mean, I mean he, he covered as well as he blitzed with the interceptions, his ball skills. He was fantastic all over. He kind of has that, that multifaceted ability that this this three three five defense really requires that ability to to get after the quarterback and, and stick your nose in the run game just the same as you, you protect that back end patrick with another great answer <laughs> ernest hausman yes wouldn't we all love to see ernest we'd Houseman? love to see biggie back in lincoln man what a good ball player what a what a special freshman and he'll be well <laughs> probably playoff bound at michigan but how about this for a name and someone that flies under the right i mean i, I think those star defensive players that we saw that 2021 season, all great answers with Cam Taylor Britt, with mm-hmm. Snacks locking up the middle, uh, with JoJo Doman. Like, you're not going to be wrong with those, but how about J.D. Spielman? That's a guy that I think would really That'd be, be an interesting fit, and maybe Billy Kemp will provide a, a similar option, but J.D. Spielman with what he provided on the, the deep ball, with how much consistency he was able to get open on those, those short to, to mid-range route, routes, I should say, excuse me. 
he would just be an interesting fit in that offense, especially when you look at how thin that wide receiver room might be early in the season as you wait for some of those freshmen to make an, an impact. J.D. Spielman, and I guess you can add Stanley Morgan to that mix as well. Both of those Spielman, names. Palmer, Morgan. Oh, Trey Palmer? That's... I mean, come on. No, no, I'm just. C- come on, that's that's low hanging fruit with Trey Palmer. <laughs> it's not a wrong answer. I think anyone in America would love to have Trey it Palmer. It is not on a wrong <laughs> answer at all. Uh, let's hear a little bit more from PJ Fleck, and there is a ton of respect from Coach Rule to Fleck, and from Fleck to Coach Rule. And uh, the topic that the coach laid out there. There is going to be more inexperience for Minnesota than in past gopher seasons or teams. That's real. The question is, is how ready are they? We know they've been developed. All right. We know that Minnesota does a good job of developing. But it's live bullet time for a number of guys on the offensive line. You lost lost three guys to the NFL, uh, three, three first team Big Ten offensive linemen. That was I mean, Minnesota killed it last year on the line. Uh, you lost uh, some talent on the defensive line as well. Just two starters are back for the Gophers. So uh, let's hear from Coach Fleck about his team's inexperience uh, going into this uh, opener against Nebraska. You can say that it's exciting. Uh, as a head coach, it, it, it worries you a little bit. You have a lot of experienced guys, and the inexperience creates, oh, my gosh, I wonder. When you use I wonder, that's a tough one. That takes a lot of belief and faith. Uh, but I, would, I, I don't have that as much because I know how hard they've worked. And I know eventually they'll get there, you know, especially the inexperienced players. The older players have done a great job of setting the example of exactly what it looks like. Not somewhat what it looks like. Exactly what it should look like and bringing those guys along. Uh, this has been probably one of the, when you talk about the friendliest teams, meaning, hey, I got you. I'm going to show you the way. That big brother type team. We've had really good ones in the past, but this might be the best we've had about pulling those inexperienced guys with them. Uh, when we go scrimmages and we let the young guys play, because we know that we got to bring our floor up. That's going to determine what our success is. Is if Can we bring our floor up? Uh, the faster we bring it up and they, they catch the experienced guys or get up in that mix, the better we're going to be. The slower that happens, you know, there are probably going to be some more challenges along the way. Time will tell. I mean, it's it's going to be uh, an interesting opener just because of where Minnesota's at and uh, what Nebraska is coming in. And really, it's it's kind of that, that blind taste test for both teams. It, you're, you're really kind of fi- trying to figure out some ghosts. You don't know. You think you know with what Nebraska's going to do or going to be good at. Coach Rule thinks he knows what Nebraska's going to be good at or what he thinks they can do when they put the game plan together. I'm really interested, and this is what Coach Foley talked about a little bit earlier today, Elijah on the the field goal kicking. you got Alvano and and Bleak Road, and tomorrow when we get caught up with Coach Rule, we'll know who's going to be the starting kicker. But that's not been great. It's been an ongoing competition, but it's been a lingering competition because no one's seized it. There's been some struggles with some pressure kick situations. And the best way to deal with some question marks to the kicker position Don't is to make not it a field need goal the game. kicker. Yeah. Not need the kicker in a field goal game. Hey, when you get down to the red zone, go punch it Do you it feel in. like it, though, man? I feel like it's absolutely – I think Thursday night will be a field, field goal game. We'll get more in-depth uh, breakdown as we get closer to kickoff, but I absolutely believe this thing's going to come down to uh, – 
to a drive and a stop, it's not going to be comfortable for either team. I don't expect a lot of points, but I do believe it's going to come down to it could come down to a missed kick, one one team or the other well, getting a stop or or dodging a bullet, so to speak. It could be final seconds. It could be the second to last drive in the fourth quarter where you had a chance at some points. Well, and. and- in a game that is forecasted to be close, it comes down to fine details. Fine details will allow you to win a football game in terms of avoiding penalties, uh, not putting the ball on the ground, and even if you uh, you fall on it and, and pick pick it up and, and still a negative play, and you're going to punt. Play. It's 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 tiny little details like that, and I think you can throw special teams playing your kicking game in with fine details because it's it's not. I mean, and Nebraska fans are, are a little bit of an exception to this rule over the past couple of years. Generally, whenever you're watching a football team, special teams aren't the thing that are top of mind to you in terms of, man, that's got to be buttoned up. It's, a, it's, it's something you, you gloss over. It's a over long and year if they need to be buttoned up. It's, yes, exactly. It's, it's, it's a fine detail that, like, think about the NFL. Like, you don't think about your kicker going out there and, and nailing a 35-yard kick. He's making millions of dollars to go do so. You expect him to, to do that. But whenever he does miss, now it's a problem. It's the same with special teams at Nebraska. If they're fine this year, we're not going to talk about them beyond this week, you know, because it's a fine detail thing. But whenever the fine details are exposed to being weak, it becomes a talking point incessantly because of how frustrating that can be. And, and I personally subscribe to the belief that Thursday will come down to, to – I mean, offensive and defensive line play, that's, that's the Big Ten for you. But if you're able to go mano-a-mano in the trenches and both sides have some success, both sides have some failures there, that's whenever the fine details come to the forefront in terms of penalties and special teams. And, man, are, are you able to win the kicking game? Are you able to win the punting game? Is your punter able to, to pin Minnesota back deeper than, than Minnesota is able to pin your back? It's, it's so many things that come into question, but it really starts up front with the offensive line and the defensive line. If you can win there, if you win the offensive line and you win the defensive line, your special teams matter so much less because generally in the Big Ten, if you win on the offensive line and you win on the defensive line, it's not going to be a close game. That's uh, what the goal is. Now, my thought here early in the week is third and medium. We know Minnesota's good against uh, teams on third down. We know they do really well because a lot of times it's third down and four or better for them. So they they want to be living in that neighborhood. So does Nebraska. So does any team. What do you do? On You're supposed to, to get those third and twos, third and threes, third and fours. Anything above that, third and five and beyond, third and five to third and seven. Can, can Nebraska get some help from the tight end? Can Nebraska be in third and short because they've done great on first down with whatever they're calling, be it an intermediate pass or the run game or the quarterback run game? That's where I'm excited if I'm Nebraska is because you got a guy like Sims that is a total wild card in a good way. And he's got to stay healthy. He's got to take care of the football. He's got to make great decisions. But he can be a beast with his legs with the improv part, with some run-pass option or RPO side of things. And, and likewise, I mean, Cali McManus is a guy that, that has some confidence against Nebraska. Came in, probably had one of his better games, honestly, against Nebraska as he let a comeback win. So, to me, it's that third and medium. Um, both teams are going to probably struggle you, you hope for Nebraska's sake defensively, you hope Minnesota's not living in third and two where they can just rugby style and 
plow forward with seven linemen on the field. But I do think uh, whichever team's better on those third and mediums, that situational football, that's going to be your winner. There's so many obvious takes when we get into the situations with turnovers and field position and TFLs, the the ratio of of, of big plays made by the Nebraska defense, Elijah, versus the the uh, the big plays given up, right? What's that ratio look like? And just a, just a confidence. This team will be in position, you hope, if you're a Nebraska fan, in the fourth quarter to steal one. Go win. Go be a road dog, baby. And, and go make it happen early in the tenure. Get that mindset flipped around, not here we go again, or man, we were so close again. Uh, make it a different ending to a similar story. Mm-hmm. And, and how close to perfection does that have to be? I mean, you watch the, the Swamp Kings Florida documentary. You know, he thought in that 2009 season, they're erring too much towards the side of perfection. They're not going out and playing football. But there's a healthy balance between wanting to have things buttoned up and also at the same time trusting your gut and knowing that you just got to go out and play football if you want to go win a football game. And it's, it's so tough here on a Monday because a lot of these questions, it's just time will tell. No, nope, that's just it. More of your comments. We'll get to those. Get to some emails. Can dial us up, 489-1240. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Winding down a Monday. Tomorrow, Mitch Sherman going to be with us. John Mabry will check in with us as we gear up for volleyball, volleyball Day in Nebraska. And John does uh, an incredible job with his new book out, uh, Volleyball with Nebraska, Nebraska Volleyball, the origin story. So we'll talk with John Mabry uh, also tomorrow on the show. Uh, Carry the one. I'm blanking. Who else do we have? Tomorrow? Yeah. You laid out Mitch. You got Mitch. We have Mabry. Who else? There's somebody we're forgetting. Yeah. This is bad. <laughs> it is. Forgive us. Don't cancel. Uh, coming up, uh, we'll be in Minneapolis Wednesday. Reminder. Whenever you get in, uh, come see us at the Graduate right across from uh, Gopherland. Uh, Gopherland being their stadium. I know it's not the bank anymore. I forget the, the official name of no, it. No, it is still the bank. It just went from TCF Bank Stadium to Huntington Bank Stadium. Ah, Huntington. That's like the bear, right? Huntington Bear? Something like that. That's Paddington. Okay. Well, I was right with the, <laughs> the Inkton part. Okay. <laughs> was Paddington the stupid bear that cost like five grand? Well, I don't, I don't know. It was a teddy bear, man. Yeah. Well, like they, they would the, advertise. And they, they had the movie with Paddington Bear. Okay. Yeah? Well, I thought there was some very good order and a portion of the proceeds went to kids who were Oklahoma fans or something. I don't know. Help that you're googling. <laughs> uh, here's a a three and a half foot stuffed bear you can get at Amazon. I don't think that's what you're talking about. It's a big bear, forty inches. That's, that's, that's three and a half feet tall. Yeah, the Denver mascot's gonna bring him down. And- Only five hundred for five hundred dollars, you can get this damn near four foot tall stuffed bear. It's creepy as hell. It is. It may chew you and spit you out at nighttime as it comes alive. More from Fleck. Let's go back there. <laughs> let's, let's get back to business. <laughs> let's get back to business. Uh, yes, the bear discussion. Forgive me. Uh, so with Fleck, we dive into some of his comments and the offensive line. Uh, that's going to be the question for them. 
Got six here. The O-line starters, we know they've lost a lot. How does that fare as they match up against Nebraska's front? You know what? I, I think you'll see more than just five. Uh, I think you will see more than five. Um, and that's because I think, you know, there's more than five starters. Uh, I don't think that there's just five guys that have completely separated themselves from everybody else and the other guys don't deserve to play. They do. But um, how we'll do that, we'll decide that this week. And that's something we've talked about with, with Searles in the past and other former Husker offensive linemen on this show, how important it is in fall camp to build some continuity with your, your running backs and your offensive line, just getting your, your running game working as one cohesive mm-hmm. unit, getting them firing on all cylinders. And, and I mean – if you're sitting here from a Nebraska fan point of view, I think it's encouraging that Minnesota hasn't been able to identify a starting five. Now, maybe it's, it's what P.J. Flex saying. You can take it at face value. And, yeah, we have seven guys that we think can start. But generally in football, that's not quite how it works. There's guys I think they're still trying to themselves. figure out their five best. They've got yeah. seven that can play. I, that's but about it, how I feel. But it goes to a bigger discussion point about identity. Minnesota, despite being a new offensive coordinator – they're going to do what they do, and that's try to be efficient throwing the football. When they get you, they get you for 19 on that stupid slant route or their tight end up the seam, but they're just going to pound away, pound away, and then occasionally play action you. Uh, when it comes to the defensive line, stout task with uh, what should be an improved Nebraska offensive line. Improved doesn't mean dominant, but that's kind of the goal. Can they get to – a point where they are trying to win in the fourth quarter. We're going to find that outcome game day. You know, game day is the ultimate test and judgment of where we're at. Uh, I think that's what, you know, you don't necessarily look at the win and the loss. I mean, everybody does. I get that. But how did we play? All right. And what do we have to continue to fix? We do that every single day, right? Practice, meetings, training camp. I mean, it's just every day. That's what coaches do. But when the lights come on, what does it look like? I think we've gotten better in that area. We've invested a lot in that area, especially with our you know eight, nine guys that will be rotating there. Um, I think we're definitely better, which has made our O-line better. But you got to go out there and prove it. That is the big question mark, man, for Nebraska football fans. You know what? When you see it, is it good football? Is it football you're, quote, proud of? Is it winning football? And winning football means tough physical football where you're manhandling somebody else on the line of scrimmage offensive or defensive and that is going to be the biggest indicator to go back to the optimism or cautiously optimistic discussion from hour one is okay they hung in there they traded punches didn't go their way or all right they hung in there they traded punches and they found a way Mm. And that's kind of how about said Saturday, Thursday night's going to go. And I love the opportunity for this Nebraska team, and I love the confidence and not false smoke. Not false smoke. I think Coach Rule's been real enough with his team, where he's gotten after him, where he's told him to go get out of my sight, probably a couple, three times during fall camp. Both sides of the football. Because it wasn't good enough. What are you doing at this point? He has been very real with their level of attentiveness, what they've installed, cognizant of not trying to overwhelm, but just get damn good at something. And then hammer that, hammer that, win the play, win the series, win the quarter, win the half, 
win the game. Mm. I mean, it's all been process-driven, where it's just step, 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 which is boring and repetitive, but it's necessary for this football program. And the, and the question right now, and we've laid this out plenty, is, is just how much has that process led to better results on the football? Because, I mean, you hear P.J. Fleck talking about his offensive line and his defensive line. We've spent a whole bunch of this offseason talking about the question marks there for Nebraska. The offensive line, have they made strides? We have a good idea who the starters are going to be and who's going to get a lot of play time there this year. But how much better did they get? Did they actually make a jump this offseason with another year that under Ryan? Are they a liability on third and eight? Mm -hmm. And you don't know because you don't know how good your defensive line is. That's been a question, too, with the depth there. How good are those freshmen that Nebraska brought in? Does Ty Robinson look great in camp because he's made strides and this is a scheme that fits him? Or does he look great because he's going up against weak offensive linemen that haven't quite made the strides that you'd hope? And it's the same question with P.J. Fleck here whenever he talks about his lines of scrimmage. I don't know who the starting five is going to be on the offensive line, he says. Uh, I mean, our defensive line, we'll wait and see once the live bullets start flying how good they actually are. They've made our offensive line better, but maybe our offensive line just sucks. I don't think he knows what his lines of scrimmage are going to be either. So that's why that's the, the biggest factor in my book now that I've heard some of these coaches talk is, is, is I mean, uh, something that sounds obvious in Big Ten play, but whoever wins the line of scrimmage this game is going to win this game. And if you don't, you got to have a lot go right, as we kind of talked about the fine details with special teams, with turnovers, with penalties. you got to get all those things, all those uh, boxes checked if you're not going to win on the lines of scrimmage. But right now, that's where the battle is going to be won. I think both coaches it's over. know that. It's absolutely over if you don't stalemate on the lines of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. I think both coaches know that with their mm-hmm. comments they've made there. is is We're not sure how good those are going to be, but hey, I tell you what. They better be good because if they're not, we're not going to win this football game. In this game at this point in the year. But it is it is an advantage that you get this team, this Minnesota team, while it's not great to get them game one in their place at night, you at least get them early. Because they're a whole hell of a lot different come midseason typically. Wind down a Monday at Hale Varsity. We're presented by Currency. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time on a Monday, it's Hale Varsity. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Let's get to Paul. Paul's been hanging on the line. Paul, go for it. Yeah, I got to call you out on the, one of your last comments um, with a question. Which team do you think is going to improve the most? between now and week eight or nine, Nebraska or Minnesota? Mm, Schedule-wise, I think Nebraska has that opportunity more so than Minnesota. So you think we'll be a better team in eight, nine weeks than what Minnesota's going to improve? I, listen, I don't know that – I think Minnesota will get better, okay? No, they'll that, get better. Both teams will get better. But, yeah, I but just, you think they'll have the most improvement? Well, I just think we're looking at history here. I mean, go back to Minnesota's 2019 season, 11-1 regular season. They start the year by squeaking past South Dakota State 28-21, sneaking past – Fresno State 38-35, then they sneak past Georgia Southern 35-32. to And that's the best season Minnesota's that's, had in That's my games. premise for saying it's better to get Minnesota early than late because I go back to 2019, Paul, and that's, that's a fair question. Yeah. I, think, I think what flipped Minnesota's greatest season in forever was the, the beatdown they gave Nebraska. Mm. I think that propelled them to – all right, they just handed it to Nebraska, a team that killed them the year before, 
Here comes James Franklin in Penn State. They they won a tight ball game there. They enjoyed top ten celebration. Went to Iowa, got beat there. But I think that that springboarded them when they just crushed Nebraska thirty four to seven on a cold night. Nebraska didn't want to be there. So Minnesota typically gets better because of their development, because of how they're built, and they're they're a problem to deal with. It's better to get them early if you're going to get them. Give me game one where they're dealing with uh, uh, two starters returning in their front seven. Give me three linemen that went to the NFL on their offensive line. Meanwhile, you've got a guy like Robinson and, and some experienced guys back up the middle for Nebraska in a first-game scenario. Fair enough, but I truly think that we're going to improve more than they're going to improve over the next six, eight, uh, ten weeks. I think both teams will be on pace to challenge if things go right for Nebraska. Minnesota also is right there. They've they've beaten Wisconsin. They've not done well against Illinois or, or Iowa, so that's problematic for them in the West race this last time. And we just haven't seen Nebraska get better as the season goes on in a long time. Ah, but we have a new regime. Yeah, the that's the good is point. being poured, baby. <laughs> Paul, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. And I think if you go to the I, I, I guess I can't. I think they're both going to be right there for that third place spot if it goes well for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm at with them. Yeah, and, and just to get back to Paul's point, a more recent example, you go to the 2021 season. I mean, Minnesota starts the year. They lose to Ohio State at home mm-hmm. that Thursday night. Thursday night. Yeah. And then they squeak past Miami of Ohio 31-26. to They beat Colorado, but everyone beat Colorado that year, so we'll throw that to the side. And then they lose to Bowling Green 14-10. to So that's how they start the season off. They build some momentum through the year, and then they finish the year by beating Wisconsin, a pretty good Wisconsin team that year, 23-13. to Like, mm-hmm. this, the, the history of this Minnesota football program would show you that they do get a hell of a lot better as the they are on. a pain in the ass in November. Yes, period. Pain in the ass in November, and it, it's stylistically that's how they play the game too. Yeah. Yeah. Their their game is built for November with how much they like to run the football. So, back at it tomorrow. I will say though, Paul, he does make a good point. Both teams are going to get a hell of a lot better as the year goes on. I think so. So if you can get this early, all good. I mean, Minnesota would probably rather play Nebraska week one than they would week nine as well. Well. It really didn't matter. They're 5-1 and one against Nebraska. Talk to you tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.